Welcome to Grow Your Influence Tree with your host, Leonard Kim. This is the show especially for those that want to be among the top influencers of the world. We'll help you build your brand, tell the most compelling story, build your reputation and grow your audience, and attract the top clients and customers. Listen to the experts. Think like they do, and you'll be on your way. Now, here's Leonard Kim. Hey everyone, Leonard Kim here, and welcome to another episode of Grow Your Influence Tree. Today we have Thomas Dean on the line, co-author of Equation: Living Your Dream, Your Happiness Plus Your Success. Uh, Thomas, would you like to take a moment to introduce yourself so our uh, listeners know more about who you are and your background? Absolutely. Uh, let me just uh, give the, uh, the brief overview. Uh, I, I, I guess geographically, I was born in Chicagoland. I came to California. I went back to Boston, I came back to California, and I really believe that California is my destiny, uh, the Golden State, and, and uh, I live in Orange County, and we love it here. Educationally, I went to the University of Illinois as, as an undergrad. I got a Bachelor of Science in Mechanical Engineering. Uh, I later went to Harvard Business School to get my MBA, and I created the Real Estate Investment Analysis course uh, and, and others at UCLA and UC Irvine. And in my career, I've done real estate development and acquisitions. I built the Disney corporate headquarters. I built about 5,000 units of affordable housing. And right now, I'm currently doing assisted living. Uh, I've also done angel investing and investments. And in my life, I have a happy wife, an emptying nest with our daughter at SMU, and I have my rescue dog. Uh, As far as interests, uh, I'm into sports. uh, very much tennis and fitness. Uh, I'm an old basketball player, and uh, <laughs> I, I like watching. Uh, and the saying goes, the older we get, the better we were. Uh, and right now, uh, I, I'd say probably the most important thing uh, in the rest of my life is, is, is working on that meaningful legacy, really making impact. So uh, without further ado, uh, that's my probably 60-second bio. That's awesome. Sounds like you're well versed uh, doing a lot of things. There's not a lot of social intra- entrepreneurs nowadays. Uh, most of them are pretty capitalistic, and they're thinking about how to make as much profit as possible. Um, especially if you look at the housing market in LA, most of the rents have kind of gone up to 2500 plus, and it's kind of moving in that direction. So doing something with um, lower income housing, I mean, that's pretty commendable because that's not the direction that a lot of entrepreneurs take. You know, it's something I, I, I got involved with in the late 80s, early 90s, and it's really been a cottage industry. It's, it's changed a great deal. Um, if we had a few hours, I'd be glad to give my, my, my full, full, full opinions. Um, it, it's a tough business, and it, it's, it's challenging because there's many, many um, fundamental reasons why they take a tough situation and, and really make it harder. Um, and, and there's everyone has their, their, their fatted calf, and, and no one wants to make sacrifices. But overall, the end product is really uh, building high-quality housing for people. Uh, I just wish it weren't. Um, it, it, it was difficult in the 90s. Uh, it, it got dif- more difficult in the, in the aughts, or the aughts, and uh, the last 10 years, it's, it's gotten even harder. But uh, I, I guess it's Darwinian. Only the strong survive. And uh, it ultimately, again, the, the product is very good but uh, it's very hard to get there. 
Yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, there is so much uh, real estate de development that's kind of happening nowadays where um, even in Los Angeles, you're looking at like a one-bedroom condo and and like the starting prices of those are like at half a million dollars. So, I mean, the market's kind of changed dramatically from where it used to be. I know like um, back in like 2008, you could look at somewhere like Huntington Beach and get uh, a single family residence for like 250 350 and it's kind of not that situation anymore so um, things have changed a lot in the real estate industry and not a lot of people are really focusing on that lower housing market and a lot of focus is being uh, uh, focused on how to get as much profit as possible which is hurting a lot of people who've grown up in California well, it's, it's, it's also extraordinary, the, the costs associated with things, the underlying costs. I mean, um, to date myself a little bit, but a couple of decades ago, we were building for about 75 to $80 a foot, and now you're lucky to be uh, under 300 mm. And, you know, it, that, that passes through. Um, I, I do think that we're going to have to get more vertical, more dense, uh, jobs and housing balance, meaning, you know, people will need to work closer to their job or tele telecommute, you know, uh, not commute. Uh, and, you know, that's one of the, the, the good surprises of the, of the pandemic uh, is it really, you know, uh, if you live in Palmdale and commute to downtown Los Angeles, uh, you're really contributing to traffic for a lot of different miles and so forth. So I think, I, I think people need to, to be closer to work or work remotely. And uh, I also think a lot of the parking requirements really need to be, to be looked at uh, a great deal because I, I do see the upcoming decades as having ride share and and, 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 and just a different uh, paradigm than we had since 1920 or 1940. Yeah, I can see that. In Orange County, you don't really have too much of a parking problem, but in L.A., we have all the paid meters, all the paid lots everywhere, so it's kind of crazy over here. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's ironic. Um, uh, our, our office was, was uh, adjacent to USC for many, many years, and I would go downtown for meetings and so forth, and there were surface lots uh, that you could pay between two and five dollars to park. And you know, it was surface parking, but it was it wasn't structured, and I don't want to even get into that cost that cost world. Uh, but to make a long story short, um, those guys were were what we in the industry call land banking, and you know, they they had a minimum wage person collecting the the, the parking fees and so forth. And one of those parking lots got sold for $25 million. Um, so the, the world is very different. But, you know, how do you go from collecting $2 and $5 from people like me and ultimately selling uh, the property uh, in the new millennium for $25 million? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. And then they could do anything with that property. They could raise parking to 10 to $20, or they could make a condominium and make a new development. And, like, the possibilities are kind of endless with what you could kind of do with that land. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you, you made a book, and there's got to be, like, a reason you made a book. Uh, do you want to give the background of what equation is and what living your dream and how that equates to your happiness and your success and how that kind of all ties in together? Absolutely. Um, let, let me kind of uh, give, uh, I, I guess they call it an elevator pitch. And uh, the, 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 the big picture on the elevator pitch is so many people ache for happiness or success, but why not get both? What, you know, why do you have to pick one or the other? I will, I'll be happy or I'll be successful. Why not go for both? 
And the equation is really the simplest and most effective way to immediately improve your life for ongoing happiness and meaningful success uh, and having a lot of fun along the way. Uh, this book takes you on a, on, a life, on a loving journey with Grandpa and his 10-year-old twin grandkids, Nate and Nancy, and uh, it really is about living your, living your dream, uh, giving you the, the mindset and the tools to, to create your, your dream and create your happiness and your success. Uh, and everything begins with you. And the genesis of the book was that my co-author, Linda Awar, uh, is a good friend. We met uh, through the Harvard Business School Association alumni uh, uh, group and did a lot of work together. And she glommed onto one of my sayings um, that I learned in service management at, at, at Harvard Business School, and that was happiness equals reality minus expectations. Happiness equals reality minus expectations. Very simple, uh, but so profound. I mean, if, you, if in so many cases, if you're not happy, either your, reali- your reality isn't good enough or your expectations were too high. Uh, so in a simple situation, uh, that becomes a very guiding principle. You need to increase your reality, make your reality better, or manage and, 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 and possibly minimize your expectations. So we can go into that deeper, but that became, that's a, been a guiding principle in my life. Um, whenever I'm, I'm trying to figure out why I'm feeling as good as I should about this situation or, you know, why, why is something upsetting me? Uh, and then it keeps going back to that. Uh, and, and, and Linda glommed onto that. Uh, Linda had already written a book called Graduating from Google, uh, Leadership Lessons. Linda worked at Google for, uh, I think, five or seven years and, and uh, has been on the mommy track a little bit since then. She's had a couple of kids, uh, and she's still working but not at Google. Uh, she's, she's an entrepreneur. And uh, Linda approached me about this, and I knew that I had a book in me. You know, I, I just I felt that I've been a, a lifelong reader and a, a pretty good writer, and it came to me, you know, Linda kind of coalesced my thoughts. This was about a year and a half ago as the pandemic was just getting going. But uh, I, I took a step back and decided to say, well, if I'm going to do a book, is this the right one? Is this the right first one? And, and it, really, it really was. Uh, the decision point, um, you know, I, I thought about it for a day or two because I didn't want to rush into a bad decision. But it really was the right decision to do that. So during the process of writing everything, um, you kind of had to work a lot internally to really go and figure out and extract all the details that you've kind of gone through in your whole life and put it out there. Um, was there any struggles in doing that? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is that uh, I forget the name of the principle, but in essence, uh, the, the saying is the first 90% of the work takes the first 90% of the time and the last 10% of the work takes the other 90% of the time. So um, writing the book was, was a good challenge. Uh, there were times that it came very, very easily, and other times, uh, especially in editing, uh, that it was hard. But um, to, to kind of address your, 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 your bigger picture question, Leonard, we're the, the, we, we wrote a great outline. We were very comfortable with the outline and poured over the outline a lot of hours to, to make sure that it was going on the right track and it, it fit together. And it was very interesting. You know, it's, I think it was either John Lennon or Disraeli said, life is what happens while you're busy making plans. So we had a great outline. And then, you know, we got writing. And it, there were a few things that everything fit, but we had to put some more things in. Uh, it be, almost became organic where we thought we planted the seeds and they were going to grow in a certain way. And then 
suddenly they were kind of popping up in, in, in a few different directions. And uh, that, that was actually a lot of fun because it was, I initially thought that the, the book w- would be kind of as you described it in terms of essentially a data dump from my mind and Linda's mind in, into something, you know, readable and, 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 and attractive to, to readers. But it, it, it made us grow. It made us grow throughout the process, and that was very rewarding. It was, it was one of those things where I, I thought it would be a recitation, and it, was, it in itself was a learning experience, and I really enjoyed that. Awesome. And through the book, you were able to um, pull out some key points for the readers of your book. Uh, what would be those biggest things be? Well, it, it's interesting. Um, Linda and I are both, both very logical people. I'd like to think that we're somewhat creative. But we worked a great deal, ultimately, on the table of contents or the chapters. And we wanted the chapters to have a flow such that if you were, before you read the book, you could pre-read the book by looking at the, 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 the chapters, the table of contents. Uh, and after you read the book, as a refresher, you could look at this. Uh, look at the table of contents and get an idea of where everything goes. And the, 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 the first part of the book, about the first third of the book, is foundations. And ultimately, it gets into the bases that you need, what, what you really need uh, to succeed. And some of this is really basic uh, self-love and love. I mean, it all starts with loving yourself so you can love others is a case in point. And I realize that's kind of touchy-feely. But it's, it's, it's absolutely essential. I mean, you really have to take care of yourself and protect yourself. But and I don't mean in a, in a narcissistic way. You have to believe in yourself. You have to stand up for yourself. You have to really have that love and that, that, that self-love uh, to, to, to promote yourself and, and, and get everything going. And beyond that, it's a situation where, um, where you need to share the love with other people and so forth, and then we get in self-respect and respect, self-discipline and discipline, and other character traits that are really important to build that foundation. And it is, without the foundation, the equation isn't very strong because, you know, if you build the, the strongest castle or fort on the weakest ground, <laughs> the castle is not going to hold. Uh, so in the, the, everything is leading up to building the foundation uh, for your happiness and your success, and ultimately, uh, the, the, with the, the 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 journey gets toward happiness and success, and the equation, uh, the first way that we look at it again is happiness equals reality minus expectations. Uh, but you know, um, we, we, I, I guess it was the engineering degree that I got, or uh, Linda's analytical bent as well. We played with the the equation. Uh, to, to algebraically to also come up with, with another incredible, me- meaningful uh, version of it. And that's happiness plus goals set and attained, uh, meaning happiness plus achievements equals success. And that's especially important because so many people think that, you know, I'll work 20 years, 30 years, uh, I'll get to my target. Uh, it could be becoming a partner in a law firm. It could be, um, you know, uh, having X number of dollars in the bank, who knows what, but people will, will strive and, and, and give everything away in the, in the present, meaning their happiness and their enjoyment of the moment to get to this place. And then they get there and it's like, well, it's not all that great. You know, I worked 20 years for this for, to feel good for 20 minutes and then realize I'm still on the same treadmill as before. 
Uh, so basically, uh, we, we get into the, the, the idea that happiness leads to success. Uh, success doesn't lead to happiness. So uh, that part of the equation is, is very, very important. Uh, we, we also debunk the idea that you can do the algebra a third way, which you can see in the book as well. Uh, but uh, th- that's the second basis. Again, it's the idea to create your own happiness uh, and, 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 and to have a formula to get to success, uh, both versions of the equation. And then uh, we, we really get into the tools. There's, there's tools that you need. Uh, we have happiness hacks, uh, things that will just immediately improve your, your mood and your, your, your present state of mind. Uh, we have um, uh, smart goals. Uh, if, if success is about setting and achieving goals, you really have to know how to goal set, and we spend a lot of time on that. And then uh, we spend, I think it's 19 or 20 pages, also on habits. And habits are so elusive. Good habits uh, take about over two months to build, and bad habits can get us within a couple of days. Um, if, if habits weren't hard, uh, no one would, we'd, would be drinking too much or smoking too much or smoking or, you know, doing video games or who knows what. Uh, so we really, we, we, the tools are so important for happiness, uh, for, for, for uh, uh, goal setting, and, and for habits. So uh, we give those. And then we do uh, case studies. There's, there's any number of case studies. I think we have four or five on ways that you can use the equation. And I think it's very important because, um, you know, we don't want this to be a dry situation. We want to give people some case studies. Uh, when, when we went to Harvard Business School, I think we had about 1,200 cases that we individually did over that two-year period. Uh, and in case studies are really cool. And uh, the idea that these case studies are, are, are highly applicable, uh, but they're also, they give a way to use the equation uh, in a very practical way. And, and if, if you can see how we've used it in these case studies, uh, it can also apply to, to your situation. And the case studies can range from, you know, uh, not feeling super good because everyone else's Facebook life or vacation is better than yours. Or, you know, if you want to cure cancer, is that a good career goal? So uh, we get into that, and then, uh, uh, and, and then we take people uh, at the end to ways that they can be pulled through as compared to pushed, uh, and then uh, uh, living your dream. It's all about living your dream, and what are you going to do with this one wild and wonderful and precious life that you do have? Cool. That sounds like the book's packed with a ton of different information from a diff- ton of different areas. It's about time for us to hop off to a commercial break. Where can people find you online, Thomas? Okay. Uh, let me get this right. Um, the book, again, is called Equation, Living Your Dream, Your Happiness Plus Your Success. On Twitter, I'm at Thomas M. Dean YQ. Uh, Thomas M. is in Michael Dean, and then YQ is in Equation. Uh, no punctuation in there, Thomas M. Dean, YQ. And on LinkedIn, I'm at Thomas M. Dean, M. as in Michael again, with no punctuation. Cool, and you can find me at Mr. Leonard Kim on uh, Twitter, and we'll be back after this commercial break. sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. 
It's time to unlock some of the best kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We get Guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is Grow Your Influence Tree. To reach Leonard Kim or his guest, call into the program at 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey, everyone. Leonard Kim here with Thomas Dean. Uh, we've been discussing a lot of the things in the book, You Quake, Living Dream, Your Success. And one of the things that Thomas mentioned is how a lot of people go out there and they delay their happiness for, let's say, 20 to 30 years to go out there and achieve a certain goal. And by the time they reach it, they don't really feel so happy about going out there and setting that goal or actually doing it. Thomas, why do you think that is? Well, you know, I, I, I think a lot of that is just cultural. Um, you know, so many people, uh, when, when you're a kid growing up, it's go to school and learn and, you know, you might like it, you might not like it, but you need to do this and you'll be able to get a car and then a house and, you know, all these different things, but it's a sequential thing. And, you know, you don't go to elementary school and, and you're not necessarily coached or taught to be happy. You're taught to learn. And the, the learning is all, always about a long-term goal. You know, uh, arithmetic turns into calculus if you do it for enough years. Uh, but it really isn't about the here and now. It's about the long slog. And, uh, you know, uh, very few people really study happiness. And thankfully, over about the last five to ten years, uh, it's really become a, become a, a fairly hot topic uh, in, in the scientific world. Um, with most of the youth today, people in their 20s and 30s, I don't know if they're kind of following those same directions of like saving for like 20 to 30 years to go out there and achieve something. I think a lot of them have been focusing on doing things in the now, like getting the upgraded car or taking the vacation or doing things that um, would seeming, seemingly bring happiness to them. Um, in a more quicker fashion, would you agree or disagree? You know, I, I would totally agree uh, as of about two years ago. I, I, the millennials uh, were, were travel and education and uh, uh, self-development. That was really a guiding mantra. Uh, and it, it was interesting because, as, as you know, I do have a bit of a real estate background, and millennials were, were delaying purchasing their house. And it was, you know, it was one of those head-scratchers where, a lot of people with uh, with gray hair were getting grayer, wondering why the millennials weren't buying. It was, you know, let's rent a loft in, 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 in the downtown area and stuff like that. And uh, over the last two years, I, th- I think there's been a real change. I think, you know, obviously COVID has impacted everything enormously, and suddenly uh, a lot of people are going back toward the traditional way of, of looking for permanent housing or whatever. But 
I do think I, I don't think it's going to be as strong as it was in, in, in prior generations. But it's also interesting that you say that because um, you know every sword is a two-edged sword. Uh, for example, it's it's nice to take those vacations and get the nice car and not you know be burdened by a house. But uh, you know, as you alluded to, the rents are, are sky high and they're only going higher from this point on. So, uh, you know, it's kind of one of those deals where it's nice to, to be happy along the way and happy along the journey, but keep moving towards success. And one of the biggest fears that I have is, is uh, meaningless happiness or, uh, you know, $50 cocktail happiness or something like that as compared to meaningful happiness. And I think the real key is, is being happy in the here and now, uh, and not just because you got a better cell phone or a better you know, cable, cable TV plan or some sort of other material upgrade. It's really uh, enjoying your happiness, enjoying your here and now, uh, and, and working forward toward your goals as well. Yeah, I think that's one side of it. The other side of it is, let's say you've been eyeing a house that's been like $300,000 or a neighborhood that was $300,000. So you go and you say maybe 3 5 X percent of your income towards that, and then next year that house or that area is now three fifty, then the next year it's four hundred, then the next year it's four fifty, then the next year it's five hundred. And like that area just continues to like go up in price. And then you're looking at your money that you were saving towards the house kind of not ever being enough to actually get the house because what you're saving doesn't equate to how much the house is rising in value. So I think that's one of the bigger factors that really contributes to why a lot of people my age don't actually have homes because the money that was saved towards it doesn't equate to the amount that these properties have kind of raised as time has gone by. And that's kind of happened a lot in not just L.A., but a lot of the surrounding areas of L.A. as well. You know, it's, I think you're absolutely right, but let me, let me kind of give the flip side of that, that same story. Um, you know, and... and I, I guess uh, I, I'm a real estate expert, or at least a lot of people would say so. Um, you know, I created the courses at UCLA and UC Irvine, et cetera. And I had the brilliance uh, to buy my first house in, in June of 1989. And that was a long time ago. But if, if anyone studies the history of, of California real estate, that was like the peak month. And it went down for about the next seven or eight years. And it was a it was a weird time. I mean, the 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 the, the numbers were a lot smaller back then, uh, in terms of you know what the median price was. Uh, but housing prices went down by twenty five to thirty percent, and I was definitely underwater uh, on my house, even though I put twenty percent down. And it was one of those things where I was pretty mad about it. It wasn't a fun time, and I, I, it gave me the drive to make my company with my partner very successful. Uh, because not only did I want to, you know, be able to get out of that situation, but I wanted to get to, get into a very good situation. And uh, in 1998, I, I did move to Orange County, and uh, uh, you know, like the title says, uh, from a real estate perspective, I've been living the dream ever since. True. But then also gathering up that amount of money, um, what it was in 89 versus what it is now, like the values of these properties have just gone up so significantly that it's priced a lot of people out of it. Like most people on the average side of things make like 50 to 80, maybe 90 grand a year. So it just becomes extremely difficult to save up however much you do to actually get into something. 
You know, I mean, I, look, I, I, I really agree, and I, I don't want to be one of these guys that talks about, you know, walking 20 miles uphill to school and snow every day, because uh, it is very <laughs> hard right now. Um, I, I will say that the 3% interest rates are a lot better than the 8% interest rates that we had to fight to get back then. But I, I, I got your point. It, it's really hard. Um, but, you know, it, it's... Um, I mean, it's one of those things where you do have to make a decision, and if it's too hard, um, you, you, you need to make other choices, maybe geography or who knows what. But, you know, it's pretty amazing, too. I mean, I look at places like Phoenix. I mean, those places have skyrocketed in value, and 20 years ago it was, you know, Phoenix was a, a very much a, a poor sister of a market to, to Los Angeles is a case in point. So, I don't know. I, I wish I could give better um, you know, I wish I, I, I could say it's easier, you know, just <laughs> buy a certain book. Uh, but it really comes down to, 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 to figuring out a way to solve it. And uh, it's not easy. It really isn't. But, um, you know, most things that are worthwhile, worthwhile aren't all that easy anyways. Yeah, that's true. Same thing's happening in Texas. Austin's kind of been skyrocketing in the last few years because a lot of the people have been moving there over over uh, market price there too but when it comes down to happiness, you, you kind of mentioned not taking that escape to kind of go dollar cocktails but to really go and focus on something else what what would that something else be to really go and find that success and happiness within yourself well you know i mean i i i, I i'm not sure that i'm i'm totally the career coach although i certainly have some pretty pretty good opinions um, you know, I, I mean, there are certain things that we need to dismiss. You know, follow your bliss is hard. Um, I mean, I've always loved playing basketball, and I, I, I could play in high school. Uh, playing in college was was never in, in the realm of possibility, and playing in the NBA was, you know, <laughs> genetically impossible, even though I'm, I'm, I'm a decent-sized guy. Um, so it's a situation where, you know, following your bliss can only go so far. Um, you need to find something that is, is commercial enough or practical enough that's going to want people to, to, to get to pay you, you know, obviously. Um, but yeah, I, I think it comes down to the, the bromides that are really, really true. Um, find something you're good at and go to your strengths and minimize your weaknesses, but really go to your strengths and uh, reverse engineer. I mean, the, the, the great thing uh, in this era is there's so much transparency in terms of what careers pay and, 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 and paths and so forth. And, you know, right now is probably the greatest time in history to be an employee. Uh, so I, I think there's an awful lot of, of different things you can do, but I really believe you need to reverse engineer it. Um, but I don't think it's, it, it's impossible. Um, but, you know, you need to, to, to look a little bit deeper than just the superficial. I mean, you know, computer programming jobs are really, really good, and they pay really, really well, especially at the start. Um, but if anything, a lot of times your, your skills can diminish over time. And, uh, you know, what you're making as a 30 year old, you might be making very similar to that as a 50 year old. So anyways, uh, there, there's no magic bullet, but I think again, getting back toward the equation, it all really has to start within you and you need to take control of your destiny and, 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 you know, work with your strengths and, 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 and come up with goals to, to get to where you need to be. So let, let's say you're sitting here today listening to the show and you have a job. Let's say you're making like 60, 70 grand a year. You've been there for like maybe five, 
five or so years and you hear about this equation that really goes out there and says that you could go out there and achieve happiness and success would that be mostly driven on the career side mostly driven on the life side um this equation that they're reverse engineering what what could you really picture their life becoming well i mean first off i i think it has to start with happiness and we do talk about the happiness hacks um but you know for instance if, if you're looking to stay in your job or your career and you're unhappy um, in, in, in your life or at your company, that's probably not going to translate well. I mean, um, you know, one of the things we talk about in the book is, uh, do you, oh, God, I have to work out. This is punishing versus, oh, wow, I get to work out. I get to exercise my body and feel good and feel especially good when it's done. Um, so if you have to go to work versus you get to go to work, I, I think it's a vastly different mindset in, 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 in what happens. So, you know, uh, first off, you're responsible for your happiness. And I, I realize that circumstances can differ. And, you know, not everyone is born with the, the goldest of spoons in their mouth or silver spoon in their mouth. Uh, but your circumstances are your circumstances. And you need to optimize them and probably appreciate them as much as possible. And, you know, uh, just to, you know, wave the American flag for a second I think I was reading that like 18% of, of, of the world is under a, a, a liberal democracy, a freedom of democracy. And, you know, just being in America is a case in point. You're amongst that 18% of the population that has either total freedom or pretty darn good freedom. Uh, so, you know, there's so much to be grateful for because, again, 81% of the, of the world isn't free to do what they want and, and, and essentially go where they, they want to go. So... With with the equation, I mean, you really do need to, to to work on your internal happiness meter. And you know, for instance, I was an engineer for two years, and and I was a very good engineer. I I, I had the capability, uh, but I didn't like it. I didn't love it. Uh, yeah, I I might have liked certain things, but I didn't love it. I wasn't subscribing to Popular Mechanics. I was subscribing to Forbes and reading business books. So you know, part of that is really finding something that 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 gets you going and then working on a path uh, within there. Uh, but, you know, it really is about looking within to find out what makes you happy and makes you, you know, say, well, I get to do this or I can't believe they pay me to do this uh, type of thing and, and, and really get after that and, you know, make decisions. I mean, within, uh, within the world of, 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 of um, business, I mean, are you essentially an engineer or a functional person? Or are you um, a leader? Are you running the department? And that's a decision you need to make as well. So basically, um, you know, part of that is self-assessment. And the equation is, is written as simple as it needs to be, um, but it's not one of those things that gives you a career skills test as a case in point. Um, what it does is it looks to uh, give you the tools to ask yourself the right questions. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. I mean, if you're not in America and you're in a foreign country, chances of you being able to, one, maneuver quickly or change careers is not as easily flexible as it is in America. Um, two, a lot of people do have a lot of freedom in America as well. Some people may think it's corrupt, but then if you look at how other countries operate, like, uh, it's not really 
corrupt at all. <laughs> like some countries have some crazy things that they have going on where, like, for example, if you're doing well at something, the military could come in and go and seize your business or whatever you're doing and take it for themselves and just put you back out on the curve. Like that's not something that really happens in America and at, at all unless you're doing something illegal. But um, if you're doing something illegal, then you kind of deserve what's kind of coming to you anyway. So, I, I mean, with America, you just have a lot more freedom and a lot more flexibility to do things so when it comes to going out there and figuring out what you want to do to actually change there are actual options and there are actual opportunities that you can kind of go out there and uh, see and take to regain control over your life and if you're unhappy in your situation there's a lot of options out there where you can go and actually make yourself happy I mean with the internet you have a platform where you have the whole world at your fingertips and you go and create something that is promoted everywhere. And even with jobs, if you're unhappy with one employer, chances are another employer is not going to treat you uh, in the exact same way that the first one did. So you'll have a new working environment that you can work out there as well. And, you know, I mean, if the new employer isn't treat, if he's treating you the same way as the first one, um, you either have bad luck or you might need to look inside at yourself a little bit more and, and, and ask yourself if you're doing the right thing. You know, it's kind of funny. I mean, to restate the obvious, as an employee, you even need to make your, your boss more revenue or, or save him expenses. And uh, so many people uh, just don't have the idea that what they're trying to do is, 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 is make the company money. Um, so anyways, I mean, that's just pretty basic stuff. And, you know, the Internet is extraordinary in terms of what it can give you to restate the obvious. I mean, you know... You and me can accomplish more in an hour of the internet research than we could have done decades ago with a week in the library. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And if we think about the overall perspective of uh, most companies nowadays, um, many of them are publicly traded. And with a publicly traded company, shareholder values the utmost most important thing of a company's objective, uh, especially if they're listed on the stock market. So that means um, every employee's duty is to really figure out how to go out there and increase um, shareholder value. And so that means earn more profits and cut costs where they can. So if you have those philosophies in mind at work and you cut the office, then you're far better off than the person sitting next to you and you have more opportunity for growth as well. Well, it's about time to hop off to another commercial break. Uh, where can people find you online again, Tom? Uh, Thomas M. Dean YQ on Twitter uh, with no punctuation, Thomas Michael Dean, but Thomas M. Dean YQ on Twitter and Thomas M. Dean uh, with no punctuation on LinkedIn. Perfect. And you can find me, uh, Mr. Lenny Kim, on Twitter, and we'll be back after this commercial break. Voice America is available on your Google connected device. Okay, Google, play Turning Hard Times into Good Times podcast on iHeartRadio. Try it today. Get Unchained 
Tune in every Monday for Jane Unchained on the Voice America Influencers Channel, featuring nationally recognized, best-selling author, TV journalist, and social media influencer, Jane Velez Mitchell. This program takes you inside a trending lifestyle that's the next wave of human evolution. It all starts on your plate. If you want to revolutionize your life, get happier, more energized, then discover the secret. Tune in to Jane Unchained Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is Grow Your Influence Tree. To reach Leonard Kim or his guest, call into the program at 1 866 472 5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Leonard Kim here with Thomas Dean, the author of Equation: Living Your Dream, Your Happiness, and Your Success. So, Thomas, um, you just came out with this book, right? Yes, it came out in December of uh, 2021. Oh, perfect. So it's about a month old. Um, and um, have you been using uh, digital media for a long time, really going out there and like promoting things? Or is, is this like a newer experience for you? <laughs> uh, it's a new experience. I joined uh, Twitter, I think it was December 3rd of 2021. And I'm uh, now up to 80 followers. So uh uh, lettered, uh, last time I looked, uh, last week, uh, uh, I think you were at 431,000 uh, followers. Uh, so uh, you, you've got quite a head start on me by a factor of, uh, what is it, 50,000 or so. <laughs> <laughs> so when it comes to um, your new objectives and your new goals being an author, what, what, what do you think are uh, your biggest priorities right now? Well, you know, uh, to sound crassly commercial, but I don't mean this in a commercial way, uh, we really want to sell books. Um, we need to get books out there. Uh, we believe in the message. Uh, I don't think, look, if, if this were the highest and best use of my time, uh, it wouldn't have been writing a book in all likelihood. Um, you know, I, 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 there's a lot of things that, that, a lot of ways to make money um, when you get to a certain place in life. And this really is, is such an important message. And the feedback that we've gotten, you know, is really, really strong. Um, uh, people have really enjoyed the book. The book is, is, is fun. So many self-development books uh, tend to be, I'm smart and you're stupid. Why, why are you screwing up like this? They have kind of a condescending tone. And it's kind of like going back to school a little bit that you didn't learn your lessons. And this is a very positive uh, book. It's all about, uh, it's, it's told about the journey of a grandfather with his ten, twin 10-year-old grandkids, Nate and Nancy. And uh, it, it's really a fun journey, but it's such an important message, and uh, we're really looking to get this message out there uh, because we think the book is really, really important. Yeah, I can see that, and I can really sense it from your tonality and everything that you talk about the book, how much, um, how, how much, how meaningful the message within it really is. And um, I, I think one of the biggest things that a lot of authors struggle with is they know how important the contents of the book are, but then they also kind of understand where we are today as a society, where a lot of people are looking for like quick hits here and there. Um, they're in social media culture. 
and not many people are actually going to go and pick up a book and read it from uh, cover to cover nowadays just because of how time changes with social media talk and all the new platforms out there where um attention spans have kind of diminished do you kind of feel that well yeah i I guess you know i mean um (laughs) there's no question (laughs) that that the world has changed and a lot of change is really good but not all change is good and um if anything writing this book is 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 reaffirmed my belief in reading We, we we don't do a lot of um if you will, term, pa- term paper like recitations in terms of um, other quotes or anything like that. But we cross-reference reference many things and, and looked at many different books uh, to make sure that our, idea, our ideas and habits were, were, were sound and just, as a case in point. Mm-hmm. And the, the, you know, the, the reading is, is I mean, it, God, I'm, I'm remarkably inarticulate about this, but reading is, is one of those lost arts. And you know, I talked before about the 90, 90 rule. The first ninety percent took the first ninety percent, and the last ten percent took the other ninety. And so much of that was editing, um, editing to make every word count, editing to get rid of every single excess word, such that people could read this book as easily as possible. And brevity is genius. It's really, really, it's easy to write complicated and long. It's really hard to write short and concise and understandable. And this is a 160-page book. Uh, many people um, like the fact that we used, I think it's 12-point type, such that it's very easy to read. You're not going to lose your eyesight reading it. Uh, but it's a fun read. It's a likable read. It's, it's, it, it's got some, some humor in there. Uh, Grandpa and, 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 and the kids are going back and forth, uh, kidding each other and having fun along the way. And I, I think that's really important. And the other thing, that, that kind of the interesting feedback that, that we've gotten is not only do people like the book a great deal, but it's very interesting that many people, uh, I had one guy, one of my friends who's a retired police chief, he feels that every middle school kid in America should read the book. Uh, But then we've gotten other feedback from people who say that every parent and child should read it together, almost like, you know, let's do a chapter a day. Uh, You know, the chapters, uh, they're probably in the neighborhood of, of six to eight pages apiece. And you read a chapter and re- you review it together. Just it is a 15-minute homework, and we're seeing so many things like that. And this is not an arduous book to read. Um, you know, I, I can write complicated and bad, um, <laughs> or at least complicated. But uh, uh, writing writing simple and straightforward is a real challenge in a good way. I, I, I think Linda and I very much accomplished this. That's awesome. So with the feedback that you've already received, um, one of the biggest things that you could do to make the most impact from your book is to, one, extract stories that are within your book, and two, to extract stories that are similar to your book to go out there and create content on different platforms like social media, LinkedIn, uh, maybe set up a website for yourself or the book where you go and host a lot of different types of content so people kind of get the picture of what your book's about but then that leads them back to going and purchasing the book um and and marketing this is usually called content marketing and with content marketing what you're 
you're kind of doing is going out there and telling stories in, in the format you feel most comfortable with. Some people feel comfortable sitting in front of a camera and going and talking about what's within or similar things that are within. Some people absolutely hate the camera and they prefer to write. Um, me personally, I, I rather... Um, I rather do the writing as opposed to the uh, videos, uh, just because videos are not as fun as writing, <laughs> and it's a little oh, bit more consuming to go through the editing, processing, and so forth. But once you have that content set up, you could also go and put it onto other ancillary platforms with um, existing networks that already exist. Um, some of those, for example, are like Quora, where um, Quora is like a question and answer site. Um, let's say there was a question on Quora, like if you had a chance to go and tell your 20-year-old self something, what would you tell them? Um, you could extract one of the stories that um, probably has the most resonance with uh, what you would have told your 20-year-old self, and then you could stick that content onto Quora where a lot of people who have that similar question in mind would be able to go and see it. And there's already people who follow that question, that topic, and so forth. And then by ending it with, you could find more things like this within the book, then people see a piece of that content and they want to go and look for more. Another place that you could go and really look at is Medium. Uh, Medium's a content syndication platform where a lot of people go out there and write posts and content about um, how they go out there and feel about certain things. Um, a lot of them are kind of article-based. Um, it's very similar to like looking at a magazine publication, but... It's not like a Forbes where you have um limited amount of people who could go out there and contribute. Uh, it's basically open to anyone. And within those platforms, you could go out there and create content. And um, if it's recognized by the editors over at Medium, it'll be pushed and distributed out to the Medium network. There's Substacks, uh, Stack Exchange, and there's a lot of other content syndication networks out there too. And on the other side of things, if you have your own site set up, let's just say it's like thomasandean.com, or maybe equation.com or whatever it may be by going out there and creating content along different topics you could also work the search in where you could go out there and um, <clears throat> put in topics of people people would be interested in and searching for and then when your content comes up they could have introductions to your book and so forth yeah you know uh, I think I, I'm taking notes because you know you're, what you've said is, is so valuable um, there is Uquasion.com. Uh, the one thing I, I, I've forgotten to mention is Uquasion is like the word equation, like I solved the algebra equation, but Uquasion is not the letter U, it's U, Y-O-U, uh, Uquasion, Y-O-U-Q-U-A-T-I-O-N. And uh, we do have Uquasion.com. It's embryonic, um, but it's a good skeleton, and, and we really need to, to develop to, to have more content on there. Uh, I think that for New Year's Eve, we, we or New Year's, we sent out. We had a. Uh, uh, we've got some sign up and get resolutions. I think we had the. I think it was the forty-three reasons why you'll not succeed on your New Year's resolutions, and the fifty-seven reasons that you will. <laughs> so um, we, we are trying to go in content, uh, but yeah, uh, I, I think those ideas are really good. And I, I mean, did was it a tough slog for you to to get to? 531,000 uh, Twitter people, or, you know, I, I can see that you're a very good writer. Um, you know, what, what, 
was it just doing a lot of these things and grinding away, or how'd you how'd you get there? Uh, well, I also started in 2013, so that's what eight or nine years. So um, it's not it's not like something that happens overnight. Well, well, it's possible to happen overnight. It's extremely likely. Um, it's going out there and taking the low winds and adding to the low winds and adding to the low winds and kind of success stacking. Like, um, like I, I, I'm picturing you making like your first commercial project. That excitement leads it leads you to become make it easier for the second and the third and the fourth. And then next thing you know, it's kind of like a piece of cake. For yeah, Bellis. yeah, 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 it, it's yeah kind absolutely. Of the same- <laughs> like like it's a struggle at first um at the very beginning it, it can seem like you're doing a lot of work that's really not getting anywhere but you just have to kind of keep trucking at it consistently make improvements with what you're doing fine-tune it think about it like uh you did engineering for about two years just refining that process over and over and over so it's consistently better and as time goes by more and more people start um coming in um the interesting thing is um, before all the accolades come in, you'll probably go and hit like maybe like seventy-five thousand or a hundred thousand. But once the accolades come in, then it kind of has a snowball effect. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny. Um, I, 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 year for many years, I, I, I was a major, major guy in Harvard Business School Alumni Association. We, we would do events, and I, 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 I really enjoyed them. Uh, I, I brought in all kinds of events. I almost felt like I was almost like a bar owner booking bands that I would like, you know, the music that I would like and bring it to the people. And it worked really, really well. And it's kind of funny because on Twitter, um, you know, I'm, 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 I'm hollering into the Twitterverse and my, my tweets are good. Um, at least I enjoy them. And uh, sooner or later, more people will enjoy them. Uh, but it's one of those things where um, I'm enjoying the, 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 the kind of the uh, pounding the steel to get it into, into shape. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm committed to uh, uh, having good content, but as you point out, uh, the real key is having content that goes to a lot of people, but it doesn't go from one to 100,000 uh, immediately. You've got to build it day by day. Yeah, and the other side of it is we kind of have to go back to what we did in our early 20s, 30s and go out there and actually network with people and connect and say hi and connect with other people who are creating content and doing things and looking at who else is in the world of Twitter, LinkedIn and so forth and making those connections, commenting, commenting. being thoughtful on their things, um, leaving um, contradicting advice or complimentary advice or whatever it may be, and just going and growing like that as well. No, I, I, I get that. I, I really get that. And, you know, I've only been on Twitter a little, I guess it's five, six weeks now, but I'm, I'm starting to get the, the feel of the rhythm and everything else, and uh, I, I'm, I'm actually liking it. Um, it's, I, I'm, I'm really enjoying this, this part of the journey. And we all wish sometimes the car would go a little bit faster, but I'm really enjoying the journey uh, of, 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 of being committed to making this, this book uh, very successful and really getting the message out there. You know, the, the, the fact we're in COVID times and everything, and, and, and people need this message so desperately. Um, you know, we, we see mental health statistics, and, you know, the kids are, are, have essentially lost two years of school and everything. So... You know, uh, th- this message is timeless, but it's even more urgent right now. 
Yeah, and I think one of the good things with how you have it set up is people see that you have a book already as you grow, so they're more inclined to go and pick it up to go and adopt your philosophies. If you already had the 500,000 and you created a book, um, not many people would be interested in uh, getting it as if it was something that was brand new and right in front of them. Anyways, it's about time for us to wrap up the show. Uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in for another episode of Grow Your Influence Tree. Uh, where can people find you in your book against Thomas? Okay, Equation: Living Your Dream Plus Your Happiness, uh, Living Your Dream, Your Happiness Plus Your Success. We're on Amazon. Equation: Y O U Q U A T L T I O N. Uh, Thomas M Dean Y Q on Twitter. Thomas M Dean on LinkedIn, and uh, also Equation.com. Y O U Q U A T I O N dot com. Cool, and you can find me at Mr. Leonard on Twitter. Uh, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Grow Your Influence Tree and we'll see you next week. Thank you for making us part of your week. Listen for Grow Your Influence Tree with Leonard Kim every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Stand out, stand apart, and become a top influencer. We'll see you here next week.